We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, I'm business reporter Joe Connolly with producer Neil A. Caruso. And today you are going to hear about what is being called the biggest thing in e-commerce since the founding of Amazon, the live streaming of sales. We want to introduce you to Moksha Fitzgibbons, president of a company called Network, which provides the technology for this. Moksha, first of all, what is live streaming e-commerce? Yeah, thanks for the setup. Um, Yeah, live streaming e-commerce is essentially a live broadcast where consumers can tune in and purchase the product directly out of that broadcast. It tends to be done in an in-app format, so it's on the consumer's mobile phone. And uh, the content, there's, there's a, it's very popular in Asia. Um, and we at Network saw what's going on in China and thought that there was a huge opportunity to make it relevant for the U.S. market. And our format, um, generally speaking, uh, it is a daily live broadcast. Sometimes it's two or three broadcasts, um, but a daily live broadcast that features musicians, athletes, influencers, whoever's relevant to the content in a fun, engaging format. And during that broadcast, they reveal an ephemeral product offering that you can only purchase during that live broadcast. Is it mainly smaller businesses that are doing this or not, Moksha? It can range from independent business owners like as small as like jewelers on 46th street all the way up to massive companies like diageo adidas nike etc it, it it really fits all size of businesses and the beauty of it is is it's um a, there's a very uh, low bar of entry for um for the brands and the retailers to get involved um, you know, the, the content is easy to produce. Um, it, they can sort of take consumers inside their brand. They can speak to, to sort of the product specifics, the virtues of that product, and allow consumers to sort of get that intimate look into the product and purchase directly out of it. And the, the big thing is it's a, it's a hybrid of entertainment and retail coming together. Some people coin it retail tainment, where there's just <laughs> as much value gleaned from learning about the product and learning about the person who created it or the brand behind it as there is actually getting the product. So at this point, I actually want to take a step back and bring you a little behind the scenes into how Joe and I discovered Masha and came up with this topic. Take you back to the summer. Joe and I were starting to do stories and hear from business owners that 
had pivoted, had made adjustments that were key at the beginning of the pandemic, but then found new ways to sell. We spoke with a few people on this podcast who altered their sales operations, who were targeting customers online, and, you know, found some new efficiencies during this. I mean, look, we're six months into this pandemic. No real end in sight, maybe some optimism about a vaccine or treatment. But, you know, remote work for many of us, including Joe and myself, has become the norm. And in order to stay alive, you do have to make a sale at the end of the day. I mean, you know, businesses have to make a profit. So those who did pivot and at this point in the fall, it's now about, okay, making sales and how do we grow long term if this really is the new normal, as they say. So Joe and I knew that would be the topic and knew that that would be the topic at our WCBS BNB Bank virtual business breakfast, which is coming up October 15th. Just announced it this week. You can watch it at WCBS880.com and you can read about it on our website today. Um, it'll be again October 15th at 9 a.m. It'll start streaming and it's all going to be advice for selling in this COVID-19 era. And you'll know two of the panelists because we had them here on this program and Moksha will be on the program. We found Moksha because Joe had saw a Bloomberg article about live stream e-commerce and Joe and I had this conversation and we knew immediately that it was a real hot topic and we jumped on it. Uh, and I found Moksha and doing some research and called him and discovered how network is really matching people with willing buyers. You know, it's not just going out and doing this Facebook Live. It's also giving them a vehicle to buy the product and people who are willing and able to buy. So Moksha was, we knew right away, would be great for our podcast and for our panel. He will be on. Donna White of Satisfy Labs, who you know from this podcast, uh, was, you know, really a rock bottom in March and April. He actually contracted COVID, but he had to change his whole sales operations. Travel was gone. He decided we're going to focus on areas of expertise. He ended up doubling his sales by doing that, by saying, okay, you focus on aquariums all across the United States. You don't just do Florida. You do aquariums all over because you know how that works. Um, and then our other panelists will be Jennifer Decker at Three Moms Organics based on Long Island. They were also on our podcast, and their story is interesting. Two moms who created a, uh, a product that repels ticks and other insects, mosquitoes and, and the like. And they were in retail stores, but when retailers were shut down, they were in 80 stores. Their business obviously was at zero. Well, they ended up accelerating their digital sales, growing digital sales 6,000% in this pandemic. Yeah, 6,000%. And the reason they did that was organic marketing online. They got in touch with their customers, realized who the customer base was, and they targeted the right people. And influencer marketing from people, genuine moms and families 
really was the impetus to that uh, to that growth. And you know, they also learned how to do Facebook advertisements on their own. They're going to tell you how you can do that at the business breakfast and find your customers, lowering customer acquisition costs. Seeding information for the business breakfast at wcbs880.com slash business breakfast. Joe Connolly will host and facilitate the conversation. We really would love to hear from you as well. What do you want to know? Let us know. You can call us on our listener line, 877-987-WCBS. Again, that's 877-987-WCBS. Also, find Joe and me on social media, at Joe Connolly Biz, at Neil A. Caruso, and, you know, reach out to us. We really want to know what you want to hear about, and we may use your question. In fact, I may call you for a video, and we'll, we'll use you on the business breakfast, uh, get, get you uh, asking the question to the panel, because if there's a question that you have, then, you know, there are, there are millions of others just like you who have the same question, and this is something that extends far beyond just one industry. And in talking with Moksha, it reminded me of Joe and my conversation with Damon John earlier this summer, you know, one of the sharks at Shark Tank and uh, the founder of the fashion brand FUBU. And Damon told us that retailers must become virtual event spaces. He mentioned Macy's specifically and talks about how they can get in front of customers and, you know, revamp their their whole retail operation. But it occurred to me while we were talking with Moksha that the virtual event space is exactly what Network is doing. It's definitely been our goal. Um, and and we, if you're familiar with drop culture, which is like the way Nike and Supreme market where you know, once a week they offer a new product at a physical location for a specific amount of time. We've taken that enthusiasm and energy that was specific to, you know, Rivington Street or Houston Street, and we brought that to uh, kind of democratize that and brought that to a national and global stage where every day, wherever you are in the U.S., you can tune in and get exclusive product that may have only been available at a very specific retailer. So for small businesses, it's great if you're the independent boutique owner in the Lower East Side, and now you can reach a massive amount of audience in the US without a tremendous amount of investment on your part, it's a win-win. You're able to scale, reach new audiences, have them fall in love with your brand through the content and then transact with you around the product you're selling. Maksha, I was reading about your background last night and, you know, you have such an extensive history and resume and entertainment. What have you found over the course of your career in terms of how creative content translates to revenue? Well, I really believe that the reason um, that lot or at least with our format the reason live streaming e-commerce is really taking off in the u.s around what network is doing is because we approach it from an editorial and curatorial point of view so the content feels like vice or complex or gq so when the consumer sees it they're like there's a stamp of approval here there's a validation here i can trust this that you know when if i buy this product 
I will, you know, sort of have that cool factor among my peer group. And that editorial validation gives um, not only the, the consumer some intellectual value, but it gives them a feeling of confidence when they go to purchase. So it's, it's it, it, that, that curation, that editorial validation has a tremendous amount of value. So how does the business owner on the Lower East Side from their boutique get people to watch? We have organic audience around the app of millions of people set up with their credit cards and their wallets looking for products and you know ready to shop so if you think about that boutique depending on the scale of it they probably have a strong following in their local market but then if if they probably don't have emails of people in dallas minneapolis chicago los angeles san francisco so our ability to live stream directly from um that boutique and reach those other markets is a is a huge audience gain for that boutique you know the business is coming up on two years old so we've spent the last two years building up audience uh around network and every day consumers know and anticipate that there's going to be new exclusive products on the network app and they're looking forward to that um so there's this huge demand generation audience pool that the boutique wouldn't otherwise have access to. So they get people to watch by you finding them for them. Correct. How does your business operate? Do you charge by a monthly or annual fee or as a percentage of sales? Yeah, it's a percent of gross merchandise sale. So um, they... They do the content, we broadcast it, we get the audience in, we get the shoppers, the transaction, we plug in through Shopify and they do the fulfillment, shipment, et cetera. So it's a traditional marketplace model just done through live streaming, entertaining content. Can you give us an example of a local New York area business that is doing well at live streaming e-commerce? Yeah, so there's a a designer and boutique owner on the Lower East Side uh, named Jeff Staple, who's done a number of projects with us very well. He um, He's kind of in the, I would say in the streetwear segment, but he's done projects with us, with Nike, with Cole Haan. He's done t-shirts and, and sportswear with us. So every few, every few months he's doing a new project with us. And, you know, he has his, standalone store he's got his instagram his his web and in you know his e-com on his own but what we offer him is an opportunity to reach a massive audience outside of new york city which is his core and introduce the brand to new consumers and ultimately drive new revenues for him Neil? Yeah, so I'm wondering how the pandemic has impacted both them and your business. Has sales increased for Jeff Staple because uh, Network has come in and, and helped them with their e-commerce platform at a time where in-person shopping is just not going to happen? Well, I can't really speak for his individual business, but I, I would assume anything that Network is offering is accretive to him, especially when the physical stores have been closed. So we saw on the network side as physical brick and mortar closed, there were less and less places for consumers to go and seek out um, that sort of curated 
experience, you know, whether it's on the luxury side with like a Barney's, they obviously close. So like that type of consumer, they're looking for new places to go. Um, or when Dover street market is closed, that consumer is looking for new places to go and network became really emerged as that place that consumers could go every day to be entertained, to be educated and get access to that highly desired product. So we saw from March to April, and we were frankly a little nervous. We didn't know what to expect, but our, our sales doubled from March to April. And from there, I mean, COVID has really, frankly, accelerated our business. Depending on where we end up the year, we'll probably go grow between six and 700% year over year. Wow. 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 So many business owners, you know, this pandemic has uprooted their entire life's work. Um, do you believe that network is the future of e-commerce? I really do. I mean, it's, it's, as I said, COVID was scary when it first started, but once we saw, started to see the engagement go up, we started to see consumers were not affected that greatly economically. They started spending more. They started spending a lot more on art, home goods, collectibles, which are um, higher price point products. And it's very clear, like, okay, people aren't going out on dates or dinners or whatever it is, they're beautifying their home. So that became, you know, a, a great momentum for us. And I think that, you know, if we stay in what is the normal right now for another six months, nine months, whatever it takes, those are going to be behaviors that people don't easily unwind. If you think right. about Amazon, the greatest e-commerce, you know, business probably ever, right? And it's, you know, it's very utilitarian, you, you know, batteries, water, toothpaste, whatever you need. People that use Amazon Prime, they probably don't go to retail that much anymore. The same will be true with network, albeit we will be curated and have a point of view and sort of be that Barney's uh, Dover Street like experience for this demographic. And I think people will learn those behaviors and they won't unwind them easily. Yeah. And one more for me and then back to Joe. Maksha, I, you know, you also look at how events have changed. I know that you're planning a virtual uh, art fair uh, coming up. Uh, what's unique about that and how do you get people? I mean, we're planning a virtual business breakfast for October 15th. How do you get people to buying into these virtual events? And then for retailers, what is the benefit of doing that that's lower cost, but also making sales? We do have one coming up, which is um, almost going to be like a virtual art basel in the palm of your hand. So two days, December 5th and 6th, there will be over 40 artists. Basically every half an hour, there will be a new broadcast that features that artist. They will express themselves creatively, however they see fit. It could be virtual galleries, it could be them actually showing them doing their craft. It could be interviews, it could be TED Talk-like content. And during that broadcast, they will reveal uh, exclusive merchandise that they've uh, curated for that festival and consumers can buy it directly out of the broadcast. Um, we're really excited about it because if you think about it, a lot of people go to Art Basel every year. It's around that first weekend in December. And with COVID, 
artists can't reach their fans and collector communities and fans and collectors can't reach their artists. So this is a great way for both communities to be served and for fans to be entertained and interact with their favorite artists and purchase the art. And for artists who the galleries, the fairs, they've all been hit pretty hard by COVID. It's a great way for them to engage with their audience and to commercialize. And um, to answer your second question, how we've sort of convinced people, um, I think it's just based on the last two years of us building this business. We've really shown people that we can scale audience, qualified audience, people that are, you know, they literally have their wallet set up in the app. So they're going there to shop um, and that the audience in most cases for the brands and talent we're working with is 90% plus accretive to what they would get on their own e-com. And for business owners considering this, Moksha, you said that it was easy to do, but it sounds like a very slick, sophisticated production. You need good lighting. You need good camera work in your store. How do you make these programs look good from somebody's boutique? I would say in most cases, brands that are capable of creating their own Instagram content or their own YouTube content, which many uh, boutiques have become, you know, really good at. They're going, you know, directly into camera, um, doing, you know, Instagram lives, doing content for traditional Instagram, doing content for YouTube. It's pretty seamless for them. They're accustomed to doing this for brands that don't have that level of sophistication. We have a content production team that we can lend out to help them create the content or if the brand chooses, they can give us the product sample and we can do the content in our studio, which we hire like an influencer to, to do sort of like um, a product reveal and unboxing. They'll do some, we call it background check, where they talk about the brand or the boutique it came from and give some of the cultural rel uh, references. So there's a lot of ways we can do it and we try and make it extremely easy um, for the brand, the artist, the boutique owner, whoever we're doing business with. It sounds like you have a pretty large payroll of employees and uh, contractors to do all this, do you? <laughs> Probably not large enough. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're a startup, so uh, it, it's, it's awesome. The business is working, but, but what that does is uh, with all startups that work, the, the growth is outpacing, um, you know, the resources we have. So people are stretched and they're working hard, but we've got a great team and, uh, you know, we are investing in that team and, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll scale it quickly. Bloomberg says that this is the biggest innovation in retailing since Amazon started clicking around, you know, to buy things. Um, might this become big the next Macy's or something? Well, think about it this way. QVC and HSN are about a $14 billion business, and they're playing largely in old media, linear broadcast TV, and they're serving the cohort that watches TV, which tends to be an older demographic. Right. We are squarely focused on connecting with millennials and Gen Z, the younger cohort. Millennials have the most wealth of any generation before them. 
they aren't embracing more expensive responsibilities like home ownership and things of that nature. So they're spending on consumer products and we're connecting with them in a medium that's endemic to them. Vertical video that feels like an Instagram live. It's hosted by their favorite brands, boutiques, celebrities, et cetera, that offers them exclusive product. It really speaks to them in the voice that they feel comfortable with and offers them the product that they highly desire. So I think, yes, I think it will be a major multi-billion dollar business over the next few years. Certainly sounds big. How do business owners get in touch with you if they want to hear more? What's the best way? Info at the net network with no vowels.com and uh, someone on the marketplace team will get back to them quickly. Info at the network spelled in this case N-T-W-R-K, correct? You got it. Dot com. No vowels. Great to meet you, Mark Chuck. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Moksha, thank you. We appreciate it very much. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.